welcome to our 10th episode of Double DM Pod. With me today is my lovely co-host, Emil. How are you today? I am very good today. It's a good, it's been a very good day so far. That's good. I hope. So, um... That's what I said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Obviously. Um, so, uh, how was your week? Um, my week was interesting, to say the least. Um... We had the first session of our tournament arc in one of my campaigns, uh, one of my Sunday campaigns, which was quite interesting because it's basically this, we had the first book of the campaign, the first arc of the Tyranny of Dragons campaigns, the Horde of the Dragon Queen, and I have had many div uh, divulging and uh, like many paths that leads to the exact same point again, that point where we are right now. Like, I've had these different paths throughout the whole module where you could, where the players could go, where they couldn't go, but there are still information they could have taken from there. And now all of this leads back into one point, which is water deep to the time of a tournament. And this is basically me putting everything back together before it goes out again into like this beautiful tree of thousands and thousands of possibilities. Um, it's a tournament, players will meet allies, foes, friends, backstory characters. Um, they will get information they need, they can get the information they collected to the people that actually need it and collect money which they were which for contracts they did they they can basically do everything and it's basically a big sandbox with this tournament in the middle which is and which is just there and everything else going in circles around it uh, so there's a lot of stuff happening and i needed to prep a lot of stuff and i made it with like five seconds to spare before the session actually started very nice that was the moment <clears throat> i was actually finished <clears throat> with prep I mean, as long as you're on time. As long as I'm on time, it's okay. <laughs> uh, so basically, you just had this big tournament, and what I gather from that, what you just said, is you have beautiful roleplay possibilities yes. revolving all around that. Uh, I, I hate tournaments when they are only uh, players chugging dice at each other or at NPCs because that's boring. It, it can be really mm -hmm. fun if the players roleplay the combat in their tournament, right? Like, if, if they actually want to have the tournament, but if the tournament is just a means to get to some end for the DM, make it, make sure players get enough opportunity to actually do what they want. Because a tournament can feel like a drag if it's what you want and not what they want. So, exactly. give them a lot of roleplay opportunities next to the tournament or in the tournament. Um, like, a tournament arc is great, in my opinion, because um, the tournament itself doesn't work in D&D, you could say. It, it, it just isn't interesting. But the whole arc around a tournament is very interesting. Because yeah. um, tournament arcs uh, <laughs> have, you have... You have a protagonist, you have an underdog, you have an antagonist to the protagonist, you have overpowered people that uh, that come in and get destroyed by the underdogs you have so many amazing stories you can tell in the tournament arc you just need to tell them 
and either your players are those protagonists or antagonists and underdogs or not underdogs but you need to tell the stories and your players need to be on board with those stories if your players don't want to be the antagonists to an actual important person in the tournament then don't make them because obviously you can't really make them antagonists because they are always the protagonists of their story because it's their story and yours but yeah uh, you, you get what i mean dms can't have the pleasure of this is my tournament and not yours it's one of everyone at the table and, and don't antagonize someone just for antagonizing someone mm. yeah you need to if do it right antagonize something you have uh, to give them a purpose why they enter uh, are the antagonist of that specific story arc yeah or story bit that you do mm -hmm. during this tournament uh, arc yeah I, i would love to talk more about this but my players haven't even had the first day of the mm -hmm. tournament yet they just had the pre-examination yeah. uh, for the 128 participants 128 participants and so you created 128 and even more npcs um generally or at least roughly yes 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 i did oh boy but but i will give a tip to everyone out there if you plan to do this divide and conquer is something i learned as an uh, as a computer science nerd uh computer science uh, student at the university divide and conquer for example <clears throat> you have 20 128 participants in the tournament And you have six players. Your players can't fight every 128 of those. They fight yep. around 24 of those or something, 22 or something. So you don't need to make more stat blocks than 22. You don't. The names yep. of you those just... people are actually completely irrelevant. The yep. stat blocks aren't. You need step blocks for everyone they are fighting. But this is only the tournament. If if there is an enemy that in the tournament gets um, put out already, like uh, is eliminated from the tournament, but still comes in later in the story, you obviously need a step block for that for that as well. But for solely for the per tournament reasons, you only need the step blocks your PC are actually encountering. Don't make more than you have to for that. And what I did for 128 participants, I wrote down names, genders, races, and general idea of a stereotype. <clears throat> Normally, I wouldn't, mm -hmm. I wouldn't say this is good because putting everyone into a box and saying those are the same is not the best practice because it's wrong in my opinion like, like obviously you can do this uh, if you flesh them out afterwards but for for this this is, this is this is just okay this person is in general like a barbarian they are strong they are maybe not the smartest something like that which gives me a rough idea if my players want to interact with them how i can play them <coughs> the rest i will improvise when they actually do yeah it's just a helping hand for you mm -hmm. to flesh out the, the, those characters afterwards or if they really choose to talk to them how you would talk as them i can tell everyone out there 128 <clears throat> npcs is something you can never 
prepare. Never ever. Yeah. Not just even with enough time, of... in my opinion. <clears throat> yeah. You, you can write 128 NPCs, but preparation is not just writing the NPC, but also preparing for what your players actually want to do with them, like interact with them. If you know your players want to talk to them about politics, you need to de develop the politics they actually want to talk about, not only what the NPC has to say to them. The politics behind it because if you if the npc raises questions in the players they also need to do the you also need to do the prep when they want to research that topic that is something you also need to think about but i think we strive too far from what we actually are here to do today so yeah because two announcements we are from, from me yeah oh yeah sorry um we are nearly at 100 listens uh, of this podcast and this is the 10th episode. This has already been the wildest ride of my dreams, you could say. Yeah. This has been amazing already. And we are not saying we will stop. Never ever are we, are we going to stop with this. At least Never not in ever the might be a stretch, but... Not in the exactly. foreseeable future. Yeah. And I'm just having too much of a blast every time we do this. Yes. It's Especially awesome. last time, the ninth episode. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah. Mm. Um, but we also have a Discord server. It was <laughs> still... Yeah, yeah, we did that. <laughs> it's on our link tree right now, isn't it? Yes, we have it on the link tree. Yeah. We have it posted to Twitter. Um... Yeah, if you want to talk to us or anyone else that has been on the show, uh, go there, talk to them. Um, if you want to sign up for an episode with us, which we are really happy for if you want to, because we are two chaotic idiots, and that anyone actually wants to talk yeah. to us is an honor we didn't even imagine would be possible. Um, no, yeah. but if you want to schedule with us, the best way to do it is in the Discord, I think probably because we mostly hang uh, most of our day we hang out somewhat online semi-online on discord anyway so that will be probably the best point yes. to reach us and, and actually yeah. i just checked um we are at 94 listens already yeah just yes. six more to go the last episode has six uh, six plays already that's amazing and we are recording this on a Wednesday, right after we uploaded the ninth episode. Yes. Yeah. I mean, as awesome. I said, it's it's amazing uh, to see that actually that that's <clears throat> at least some people want to listen to us, and even yeah. if, if if it wouldn't if it would only be one person, I would still do this because I just love talking to you and about topics and. No matter I'm how just many people I entertain, doing this. yes, it's it's just entertaining as shit. Yes, uh, but I have to say one more, one more thing before we get into the episode, and that is how yeah. fucking hot it is in Germany already. Yeah, I I mean it's like twenty one degrees Celsius right now. Yeah, twenty three actually. I think. Oh damn! It's so hot. Uh, and and to everyone who has not sat into in in, in a. Uh, video gamers room while it's hot outside let me tell you you don't want to sit in a room with a gaming PC right next to you when yeah. it's hot outside <laughs> because that PC turns their temperature outside around 3 or 4 degrees up yeah it's insane like I'm, like I'm sweating 
Yeah, I, I just converted uh, for our American friends. Uh, 23 degrees Celsius is around 73.4 degrees Fahrenheit. <sighs> the Fahrenheit system, who needs them anyway? Yeah. Give me Kelvin. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so that would be around... Isn't is it two hundred and thirty thirty six degrees Kelvin right now? Could be. I don't actually know. Oh boy! Yeah, <laughs> somewhat around that. I just like high numbers. That's why I like Kelvin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It. Um, da, da, da. Two hundred ninety six point one five degrees Kelvin See? would be. Higher numbers Kelvin. mean more entertainment for me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, should we get into our today's topic? Yes, I think we should. We are back again with another mini series we are starting. Mm -hmm. This time, uh, the mini series all about folklore. And the first episode is about Germanic and German folklore because obviously we know that best because we grew up with it basically yeah, so, yeah that's uh, about right <laughs> uh, the first question i have for you mm -hmm. is where can you draw inspiration from folklore fables sagas legends or for what can you draw inspiration oh, there? okay um it's it's a simple question and everyone probably knows this but i think it should be put out there just yeah to um, clarify for us at least well fairy tales myth legends are all stuff we actually tell with TTRPGs, right? Or at least in a sense. Every time yeah. you play a TTRPG campaign or a session, that's more or less a fairy tale. Um, I mean, I've seen groups do this, uh, where they have actually the exposition be someone telling a story that then becomes comes to life, as you've seen many times on TV or film, uh, or in cinemas, movies, theaters or wherever and then the players actually play in that story told by someone outside uh, the realm of the table um, exactly for what you can draw inspiration is also very simple you can draw plot lines npcs monsters uh, simple complications um world building information from them uh, about oh, yeah. uh, kingdoms countries uh, politics especially from even. i think especially from myths and legends you can draw a lot of world building ideas and yes N not so much from fairy tales because they don't get much into the how the world works mm. but the myths and legends yeah really do mm. there's one thing what i like to do is i have done this a lot Oh, in one of my campaigns the players were um, defending a village from gnolls and every evening the villagers gathered around fires and told stories to each other fairy tales, myth, legends around of the land around them of the mountains they are in right now and basically you can rip a whole fairy tale you know from any folklore in the world that you want to base your TTRPG world in and just make it a story you tell your players through the eyes or the mouth of an NPC. 
the NPC can tell that exact fairy tale to the players and you can make a whole plot out of it. Because fairy tales, myth, legends and all that stuff, it doesn't come from nowhere. There, There is a reasoning behind based, it. Yeah, It's all based on something real. And through retelling the story every time, they just added bits and pieces which then came to, to this big fairy tale you know of then and mm -hmm. with all this magic stuff and all other sorts of w weird things happening yeah. but the base is somewhere in reality something yes. loosely like that n nearly happened every uh, for every fairy tale yes for example the stories those villagers told them were mostly ghost stories mm -hmm. and stories of old ruins somewhere in the mountains those ruins exist in that world those yeah. ghosts may do too maybe they don't and the villagers are imagining stuff or telling those stories to keep the kids away from exploring the regions the players don't or maybe know the, yeah or maybe the ghosts existed once and now don't anymore because of something else that happened mm -hmm. and that's uh, a good thing when you have um, your own world you build and play every single campaign in it you can make fairy tales out of adventures and campaigns previous groups have had yes you can connect multiple groups and if you, if you're uh, if the new if the group with new characters and a new storyline finds bits and pieces in the world telling the story of their old characters and their old heroes it's just a delight for everyone at the table for yes. the dm because you see those bright smiles um of the uh, pcs it's an awesome story tool mm -hmm. yes um yeah we should probably already get into a point Number two. Three, two, yeah. Uh, two. Three, two, oh, obviously. Yes, it's two. It's two. <laughs> um, what are some of oh, this question is for you. Uh, what are some yeah. of the biggest German folk tales, folklores, fairy tales, fables, sagas, legends, whatever you want to call it? Uh, the first one uh, I researched uh, uh, kind of was uh, the Pied Piper of Hamelin. Um, for anyone, uh, yeah, uh, that's... Or a different name would be the Rat Catcher of Hamelin. Yes. And to clarify, Hamelin is a town in West Germany, uh, in Lower Saxony. It is a real place, and everything that happens in this fairy tale is based on real places. There is your basis in reality. And this um, fairy tale, in, in sp uh, specifically, is a little bit of an odd dog because it's one of the only fairy tales which has specific dates in them. Um, for example, the story goes something like this. Um, a stranger came into the town of Hamelin wearing flamboyant or pipe clothing. Uh, pipe clothing. Uh, he told everyone that he was a rat catcher and conveniently for the rat catcher, Hamelin had a rat infestation problem at that time. So um, he was hired to get rid of the rats. He then took out his flute, played a lovely little tune, and every rat and uh, mouse followed him, followed him 
uh, entranced by this musical sound he, he made. He then proceeded to walk in the Weser, a uh, river near Hamelin, where all the rats drowned because they were entranced, they couldn't swim, and so on and so forth. But um, then the town refused to pay him because he didn't really do anything other than playing music. Sorry. Um, so he was uh, he walked away angry, grim, and a few months later he came back disguised as someone else. And at a time where everybody was at church, he again pulled out his flute and played a similar tune, but this time no rats or mouse, uh, mice followed, but the children of this town from the age four and upwards. And he just walked them right out of the, uh, right out of the city gates. And in the fairy tale it is said that about 130 children went missing that day. That's basically the Pied Piper summarized. That's the Pied Piper for everyone. Um, I mean, because uh, yeah, the Pied Piper for for example isn't isn't one of the Grimm tales. I, I I'm sure everyone out there knows the Brother Grimm's, which collected a lot of German uh, fairy tales and folklore and legends and all that. This is an important distinction. They didn't write them themselves. They just collected. Yes, those. they they. Uh, <clears throat> wandered about in Germany and let the people tell them their stories, wrote them down and published them as, as a collection of fairy tales across the country. Uh, this is very important uh, and it's very important that the Pied Piper isn't one of them because the Grimm's actually made it uh, their mission to make them somewhat timeless, the fairy tales, not having any numbers in them, for example. Numbers can yeah. make it too specific. The fairy tales, uh, for, for especially the uh, Kinder and Hausmärchen or fairy tales for children, um, which are the ones that actually everyone around the globe somewhat knows, like uh, Snow White, Little Red Riding Hood, Rumpelstiltskin, Rap Rapunzel, Hans and Luck, Hansel and Gretel. Um, those are the ones that are from, from, from the Grimm Brothers. And those are the ones that are for children, or at least made so so you can tell them children to actually teach them something. The Pied Piper yeah. still has a, a moral of the story, obviously, which um, at first is uh, you you could say pay the people what they earned because the Pied Piper killed all the rats in the city. Pay him for what he did. Or else he's gonna take your children. Yeah. And, and after we went through uh, with a brief summary about uh, through all of the big fairy tales, you will see how weird it was um, growing up as a German child because <laughs> you were read those stories to get you to sleep. Yes. And the Pied Piper is some is a moderate thing there is no uh, graphic violence dis uh, described mm -hmm. in there oh yeah oh, um, others mm -hmm. there will be yes and that's those are for children yes exactly i, I wanted to say, put this out before we actually get into that viewer discretion is advised or a listener discretion is advised for this there are some topics discussed in these <laughs> uh, in this episode and in these 
fairy tales that may not be for everyone. Graphic violence, gore, um, yeah, all of that stuff. It's a topic of these fairy tales. Yeah, and that's why we are a little bit hardened, you could say, <laughs> through this uh, kind of th uh, things because we grew up with them. Yes, yes. There are little, there are even gorier ones for children. That's just insane how crazy the Germans w uh, are sometimes. Yes. But we should get into the next one. Yes, Snow um, White. The next one, exactly, Snow White. Um, it was uh, a beautiful girl was born and with w a nearly white, pale skin, red lips, and black hair, uh, and the queen of this country was so envious of uh, her beauty that she uh, always asked the speaking mirror who was the most beautiful in the entire land and it always said it's Snow White <clears throat> and uh, one day she couldn't take it anymore and sent a witch or some old hag with an um, poisoned apple to Snow White mm -hmm. Which she bit off and since then died. But um, she was buried in a glass casket. Casket? Casket. Casket? casket is the word. Casket. Yes. Uh, in a glass casket, and the uh, and a prince from some other country just found her and found her so beautiful that she that he had to take her. The servants that carried the casket then stumbled over a root, and the poisoned apple piece fell out of Snow White's mouth and then she lived again. Yay! <laughs> yeah, uh... Creep alert, but yeah. It's, it's, it's creepy when you think about it. Um, obviously, you can also say it's a beautiful story because Snow White lived with the seven dwarves <clears> and uh, then... Um, because Snow White is this uh, very beautiful but also very... Um, friendly and nice person to the dwarves and mm -hmm. um, then because she has done uh, just because she is so beautiful the queen was so envious to actually kill her and this is basically also um, the morale of the story again like again this is from the Grimm's everything of this has somewhat of a morale you could interpret into it the queen was envious and killed Snow White. Snow White came back and became the queen of another country. And, and the morale, you could say, is nothing comes from being envious. You don't no. gain anything from it. This is basically the morale that Snow White has. Um... But yeah, but, but, but already you can see this, this, this prince just came and thought oh yeah this person that is dead looks nice i'm gonna take it home that's a beautiful fucking corpse i'll take that <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> yeah germans are well like, 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 i can are. remember that that was actually a bedtime story for me yeah i mean the disney movie is closely related to this uh fairy tale but leaves out the creepy bits and i want to say like, something um because every german will now think f think of one thing in his head or their head 
Simsalagrim. Yeah. It's it, it it it's a beautiful German TV series, which is basically just 20 minutes of those grim fairy tales animated by two plushy toys or, or puppets. Uh, no, it, it was actually uh, drawn like a yeah, cartoon. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, 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 the, but, but the characters that uh, are in ah, yeah, are yeah, two yeah, puppets. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It's a cartoon. It's, uh, and, and it's basically 20 minutes of uh, reliving those fairy tales and these two puppets that uh, venture through the... Uh, um, the uh, fairy tale land of Simsa Lagrim, and honestly, it's amazing. They've... I've rewatched the first episode because I want. I think they oh. f sometimes fly on a book, yes, the book which of the... contains all the yes, the um, book fairy of the tales, Grimm. the the, yeah. the Grimm book. But I've rewatched the first told... episode, and it's so, yeah. it's actually so wholesome and sweet to, to to like this is this is nostalgia for every German right there. Yeah. It's it's a nostalgia f kick in the face. Mm, it's, it's I love oh, that show. Yes, I do too. Oh, okay. Little Red Riding Hood. <laughs> little Red Riding Hood. Yeah, basically just a little girl always wearing a red hood. That's henceforth the henceforth the name Red Riding Hood. Um, she wanted to bring her grandmother some food and um drinks, and she. Uh, met this big bad wolf he then proceeded to make a plan how he could eat said little red riding hood he distracted her went to the cabin of the grandmother ate the grandmother took her place and through some weird questions um little red riding hood didn't figure out it wasn't her grandmother but a wolf and was then eaten as well the wolf snarled so loud that the hunter came by the cabin, heard the uh, snarling, and went in, killed the wolf, sliced open his belly, and pulled out still living Red Riding Hood and the grandmother, put big fucking stones into the stomach of the wolf, stitched him back up, and then he drowned or fell to the death in a tragic tragic accident afterwards mm -hmm. yeah um like like again these fairy tales are um very much you can interpret what you want into them for morale for example this here, now here you can look at um the big bad wolf he was um too confident that he that that nobody uh that he was successful and nothing could hurt him anymore so he went to sleep snored too loud he, he ate too much uh and all that um this leads to him being discovered by the hunter the hunter saving the people and the wolf falling down a well and never getting out again you can also say that the red riding hood should have been more careful around uh, first of all her grandmother and the big bad wolf and um yeah, again, this is it's 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 big because you you can interpret so much stuff into this, which is why I think that in general folklore and myth and fairy tales are actually so important for finding inspiration of anything because they leave so much room for interpretation why some things happened and how it happened. 
that it's uh, very good for especially dungeon masters to to get information or inspiration from those fairy tales exactly now comes the one which name i can't speak in english yeah it's rumpelstiltskin or in german rumpelstiltskin it's uh the small form of the word rumpelstiel the hen is just a small ending uh, but yeah. this fairy tale was uh, a miller wanted to marry his daughter to a king. He told the king his daughter could make straw into gold. He could, uh, the king obviously couldn't believe that and locked her up in a room where she should make straw into gold. She couldn't, so she began to cry and a little man just appeared and offered his help. Uh, he would give her the power to make straw into gold in exchange for her for firstborn child. The daughter agreed, and so she made straw into gold, married the king, and as soon as the fur... Uh, uh, wait, uh, as, um, the little man made a somewhat of a bargain, because you can have this power, you give me your firstborn ch born child, but you can keep it if you tell me the name, if you can uh, tell me my real name, which he hasn't told her obviously yet. And then um, once the first child was born, the little man, Rumpelstilzchen, just came and said, give me your baby now, I want it, or can you tell me my name? And through, uh, he danced around a fire, always singing a little tune with his name at the end, which someone overheard, and so the name was brought forward to the now queen of that country, and she could keep her child. But, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> again, like, like people can already see that we have somewhat of, of, a, of a scheme for this. You tell the fairy tale, I tell the morale of the story. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is planned. Wow. Um, we do actual planning for the episodes. No. Um, yeah, um, it's getting better, the planning. Yeah, yeah, actually. yeah. <laughs> like in the first episode, we hadn't anything planned. It just was, let's do this. Okay. Um, All right. <laughs> okay. No. Uh, Rumpelstilzchen is a story of pride, I, can, I could say. Um, Rumpelstilzchen was too pride with what he had achieved and didn't think through that singing your name around an actual campfire could attract attention to you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, pride comes f before the fall is more or less the morale of this story. Yeah, it's a German saying. It's so also I don't an know English saying. I think this it is. is. Oh, at it. least it some. At least websites Double tell the me... Pride, Twice the Fall is yes, uh, the most one. prominent version, I think. Yeah. yeah. In Germany, it's called Hochmut kommt vor dem Fall, so Pride, pride comes for right the... before the fall. Yes. Yeah. So, the next one. Pride uh, would be the fall. Uh, Rapunzel. Yeah. Rapunzel. Um, a man and a woman lived in a cabin. The woman fell sick or wanted just something to eat other than what was in their garden. So the man was tasked by the woman to get something from the forbidden garden of an evil witch sorceress 
we don't know. In Germany, it's the same thing or the same word for it. So there is no real difference yeah. uh, there. Um, on uh, the second time the man did this, the witch just said, yeah, you can have that, but I want your child, your not yet born child. And um, out of fear that um, his wife might die, he agreed. So after uh, the child was born, she was taken by the witch, locked up in a tower and was called Rapunzel. Um, the tower had no doors or no, uh, no stairs. So always when the uh, witch wanted to enter the tower, she would have to call out to Rapunzel that she would let her beautiful long golden hair down which led from the fucking top of the tower to the base. I don't know, like 50 meters, whatever. It's weird. Insane. <clears throat> but um, one day, again, a prince came by, heard Rapunzel sing, and heard how the witch entered the tower. So he tried that as well. They fell in love. and uh, But the witch found out, cut off Rapunzel's hair, and... Um, tricked the prince into coming back to the tower again, let him up and vanished from the tower. The prince then proceeded to jump off the tower and gorged his fucking eyes out when he hit the ground in a, in a thorn brush. He then wandered around and uh, wandered around aimlessly and some uh, somewhere he f uh, heard the voice of her uh, of his um, of Rapunzel, which was then mother of twins already. I don't know when that happened, but it's weird. Let's just it's German it that. folklore. <laughs> German folklore. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then they made a plan to kill the witch and lived lived happily ever after. Mm, yeah, the, this is funny because in normal interpretation, the morale or uh, what we actually learn from the story is if something is supposed to happen, it will happen. Which is, <clears throat> if you think about it, actually so bad as a morale. Because yeah. saying everything is destined to be and you can't change anything is shit. It, it really is yep. motivational in any way <laughs> you could say that it, it's, it's not something I would put on a motivational poster to work out in the gym too or something but Definitely Rapunzel not. is also a story of never giving up <clears throat> yeah that's the more important thing mm. he wandered around I think for, uh, for one or two years aimlessly until he found her again that's the more important part in my opinion yes Um, then there would be Hans and Luck. Uh, yes, we can do that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, Hans and Luck is basically someone worked for a really long time, had his education and was paid for that. He uh, had a lump of gold and traded it for a horse. And every time he traded, he uh, would go in a trade uh, you usually wouldn't have. For example, uh, I think he 
traded uh, he traded the horse for a cow, the cow for a pi uh, pig, the pig for a goose. The goose, the goose for two for, rocks on his shoulder. For two rocks. And then when he went to drink, those rocks fell in the well. But then he was happy because he don't uh, he didn't have to carry those rocks anymore. Yeah, the, the Hans and Luck is something is a story about he's always unhappy with the situation he's in, but is always happy if he changes that situation. So you could say the morale of the story somewhat is if you're unhappy with your situation, change it to a situation you actually are happy with. Because at the end, yeah. he doesn't have anything. But he's happy because he doesn't have to carry weight on his shoulders. He doesn't have to... He, he does not have an animal to feed. He doesn't have anything. He didn't earn anything, but he also didn't lose anything. You could say that. Make the situation you're in the most comfortable and positive you actually can be. Wow, this has gotten more motivational than I actually thought it would become. But yeah, I love definitely. it. I think because uh, we are running kind of short on time, mm -hmm. uh, we should move on to Hansel and Gretel. Yes. The last of the big German fairy tales. Mm -hmm. um, basically, there um, was a woodcutter and his wife. The wife, uh, had, those two had two children. The wife <clears throat> said they should leave the children out in the wood to let them die or whatever. I don't know. So after much reluctancy, the woodcutter agreed, let them through the woods. But Hansel was smart. He let, uh, left um, a little path of white rocks so they could find their way back to their home. On the second day after they came back, the father um, went with them out in the woods again, but this time he didn't give them any rocks, but just a, um, a small loaf of bread. Um, Hans, uh, or Hansel, um, proceeded to crumble the, uh, the bread and laid a little path out of breadcrumbs. There, henceforth, the saying, the trail of breadcrumbs. But um, birds picked those breadcrumbs, breadcrumbs up and they were lost in the woods. On day three, they found a cabin made out of bread, sugar, or uh, gingerbread, uh, basically a gingerbread house. Then, uh, they then ate something of the, um, of the house in which a witch lived. Again, witches, princes, it's a really common theme. Um... But the uh, witch was actually a cannibal, because he, uh, they, um, she then imprisoned those two uh, and tried to. Let me check the word. Uh, yeah, yeah, we are prepared. She tried to fatten up Hansel, but um, because the witch was nearly blind, he always just with a. Um, he, she would use usually test his um, fatness, you could say, mm -hmm. by feeling his fingers. But Gretel, uh, Hansel just would hold out a chicken bone or some small, sort of small bone. And out of pure anger, the witch just decided to cook him immediately. 
then <clears throat> they somehow pushed the witch in the oven and freed themselves and went back home. Uh, during that time, the mother died, and the three, uh, the two children, and the father will happy, uh, live happily ever after. Yay! Um, you, <laughs> uh, exactly. No, uh, yes. Hansel uh, and Gretel is a story of um, tr uh, trickiness. Um, What's the word in English? Um, well, first of all, let's come to the basic morale that is very simple, which is a very important one. And I think Hansel and Gretel is the most prominent story when it comes to this. Do not trust strangers in any way. Never Especially trust now, a stranger. Not out in the woods. Especially not if they live in a house uh, made out of cake and candy. Because if that is the case, you are probably on drugs and shouldn't trust anyone. Exactly. <laughs> Not even your own senses. <laughs> yes. Um, I think we actually already talked about point three uh, in the obvious things, so I wanted to quickly put this together again. Yeah. Um, in general, uh, again, folklore is... Uh, um, is tradition, jokes, tales collected and merged or diverging um, over time and to, to new stories or different stories. Uh, it's stories that get told many, many times and uh, change throughout the, those retellings. And um, folklore is a big reflection of uh, how the people feel how they about the state of their current country uh, if the country is at war right now the stories are gonna uh, get way more about war loss and death Wait, uh, in general way darker yeah than probably before uh, uh, than peace times peacetime stories are different um if people suffer in the country, their stories will be different again. Um, Germany, for example, is a, was a country when most of those fairy tales we just talked about were collected or written down. It was a country of little baronies, duchies, kingdoms, and empires. It wasn't a it wasn't a big country altogether. It wasn't unified or anything. We had one or there was one king or emperor, which uh, then this whole land was ruled by him but this land was uh, divided into smaller pieces yeah, well, which were this again is 1800 think about this 17th century germany there was the king we had the uh, austrian empire we had the kingdom of bavaria we had the yeah. kingdom of x this is yeah there wasn't even true. a german king or something or a german emperor yeah. there was yeah. 500 of them yeah Having no different stories and all that. Overruling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you have so, a favorite bit of German folklore? A favorite bit? Not really, because there's just so much. But the big ones, obviously, are big because they are so often told. And henceforth, the um, uh, liking 
I, I took a liking to them because mm-hmm. I heard them when I went to bed every uh, nearly every night when I was little. So basically everything from the Grimm Brothers or collected by the Grimm Brothers brothers is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. And which one I uh, really like but haven't gotten into that much is the um, Song of the Nibelungen or mm-hmm. the Nibelungen lead. Those are pretty much my favorite if you want to put it like that. Do you have any? Um, Well, um, the Grimm Brothers, uh, the most obvious ones. uh, Snow White, Little Red Riding Hood, Rapunzel, other ones everyone has probably heard because of Disney and the movies, but in general because they are just the most ones that we actually get told in Germany. Yeah. It's basically, these are stories, like like I said, this TV series of Simsala Grimm, this was I don't know actually the time it was aired on on, on the German TV show. On, on I the think German... this was nineteen ninety nine no, and uh, two thousand and two. Yes, and then got a remake on two thousand and ten. And but I wasn't but was talking aired... about uh, the 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 years. I was talking about uh, uh, clock hours. Ah, I think it was about. Uh, 1 p.m. It was 2 PM. midday. It's what, it's, it's, midday. You know, what I wanted to say, it was yeah. midday, but it was something you could actually watch before you go to bed. Before you go yeah. to bed. This is like, like uh, for example, at 1 p.m. at that time, maybe I wasn't home or something. Like, when it aired in 2002 or something, I was three years old. Yeah. Um, but like when I was five or f- six, my parents had could, my parents had bought the uh, uh, VHS uh, cassettes, not DVDs, VHS mm. cassettes yeah, of this yeah. TV series, and and it was like okay, two episodes before you go to sleep at like eighteen o'clock or something, and then yeah. I, I watched two episodes and I could uh, and I was able to actually switch to the ones I wanted to listen to and. Little Red Riding Hood, for example, was one of the most ep- watched episodes I think I have had. It's just it just wasn't was this way. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> we are definitely diverging from the path of our script, but this TV series actually made these fairy tales so much more attract uh, attractable to to the children. Actually, I think. Yeah. Because it was a, va- a way to visualize what we mm. already had in our heads. Yes. And it was pretty close to how children would imagine how a fairy tale would look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not how it was written, but how we imagine like, it should go. Everyone out there that doesn't know this TV series, so basically anyone that isn't German out there and listening to this, take the time yeah. and Google... Sim Salagrim with a lot of M's. <laughs> um, yeah. Google that and put behind it Germany or or the word Kika, which is K-I-K-A, which is the TV uh, network that that show was aired on. Um, <clears throat> and just watch like a YouTube video of it. Even if you don't understand anything. Just to to visualize what we are actually talking about. This was basically one of the first cartoons any German kid watched when they are as old as we are now. Exactly. Like, this was a cartoon everyone in my friend group probably has watched. And it was 
this was the way cartoons were done in Germany at that time. Yeah. This actually laid the groundwork, I think, for how I watched cartoons. Because it was like this. Um, so, I, let's... I think we should get on. Yes, uh, I wanted to get on. Uh, what can we actually learn from folklore from Germany for our TTRPG games? Because this is why we're here. Um, exactly. What are some creatures you could or should or can, whatever, adapt? For example, which uh, something I have in my head for over three years now is some sort of a Christmas one-shot. Mm. Um, and there is one German thing called Krampus. <laughs> it's um, a sort of a companion of St. Nicholas. Um but a demonic one, so bad kind of influence. Um, and I w always wanted to craft a story around that with high-level characters actually beating the demonic figure of Krampus at the end and saving Christmas or saving mm. Nicholas Day or something like that. I think the Krampus is actually a, a figure that is pretty well-known in media yeah. uh, already because you could... You could always compared to the Grinch in some way. Yeah, it's sort of like like the Grinch, but not against Christmas. Mm -hmm. But the evil side of Christmas. Yes, exactly. It's not it's not stealing Christmas. It is how you can steal something with Christmas. Which is actually so exactly. more interesting to me than the Grinch yeah. idea. Oh, you have yeah. this bad spirit because people like, like this uh, folklore of Many people say you get coal or uh, when you are bad and you get coal from Santa, right? Or uh, uh, get hit with a stick or something. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's a German thing, but no. uh, yeah. I, th I actually think um, getting hit by a stick is some sort yeah. of German thing because I think it's from Knecht Ruprecht. Yeah. The bad version of Santa. So exactly. there's Santa Claus giving out presents, and then if you were bad this year, Knecht Ruprecht will, will visit you and hit you with a stick. <laughs> hit you with a stick! Just fucking whack all over you. And because bah, we're bah. at the topic of hitting again, I would hit a Nazi with a stick. Boom! I did it again! Yes! You are Nazi Knecht Ruprecht. It is out there. Oi, 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 oi. <laughs> to any oh, Nazi right. out there, yeah. I will... I will visit you on Christmas and hit you with a stick. Whack! <laughs> and I can do that because I have three years of kendo experience. Have boom! Um, the Japanese way of hitting someone with a stick. <laughs> yes! I love it so much. Okay, but... Yeah, um, weird. <laughs> okay, um... Yeah, what what is the diff... Uh, like, Krampus is is, is, is is someone I actually also want to draw inspiration for a Christmas one-shot from at some point. If I could we ever do craft that one together. Maybe we uh, should. I, I, ha I have a proposition. Let's craft that story together in the in a broad sense and play it with different groups and then compare how they did. Let's do that as a did. podcast. We create that one as a podcast. Play oh, yeah. the sessions together. Play the sessions and then in the next episode we compare that. Make it a two-part. Yeah. You guys have heard it here first. Christmas time rolls around when we double the M's put on our Santa hats and we run <laughs> Christmas one-shots for our players. 
Yeah. Let's do it. I, I'm in. Yeah, I'm into that. Make All it. right. Let's okay. Um, and actually, I have one more creature. Yes. I just recently heard about, but right, uh, really, way before we started researching German folklore, mm -hmm. it's the Nachzehrer. Is the German word for it, and I have could found also be the word, word for me for when there's dessert. But yes, yeah, I, I haven't found an the, an English translation for that yet. So it's basically the after eater, something like that. Something. It's, it's weird. Yeah, because it's some sort of undead, but not yet a vampire. Um. Because vampires somehow leech life force by biting people and drinking their blood. But Nachtseere don't have to leave the grave for that. They just chill there and leech your fucking life force out of you just because you're standing somewhere in their influence radius. And now, please, every DM hearing this, let your DM minds run wild with a story about players visiting a town with a graveyard, people being sick, ill, dead. Nobody knows why. Players need to find out. They do everything. Try to find any curses, nothing. Try to find anything, nothing. No creatures, nothing. Then they come to the graveyard and they find out that in one of the graves, there's a creature they need to take out. They This is also amazing for, actually... for, for a monster, if you think about it. A monster that does that, that draws life force out of people without actually being there to draw the life force out. Yeah. I will actually talk to you about that after the podcast because some of my players are listening for the big one. Mm -hmm. And there's something from all of this yeah, yeah. stuff. I know some of my players are listening as well, but they know I will put this against them anyway. They have no yeah. way around it anymore. Yeah, I, uh, and they you probably put me know up too, to but it. Yeah. It's your you fault. You get I did. some angry WhatsApp messages in the next few days. I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> As... <laughs> um, I want so to talk... Do you have any yes. creatures you the could... Mo my favorite creature in... You could say in all of his... In, in fantasy TTRPGs and all that is the doppelganger. Yeah. I love the idea of having someone basically resembling someone to a fault. Like a cha it's yeah. doppelganger is a shapeshifter and it's a creature that can imitate you to a f perfectly. N you cannot find a doppelganger by asking them questions for example about the person because they also resemble the mind of the person in German folklore at least. Yeah. They are stronger than any shapeshifter because they imitate how that person thinks. They imitate their memories. You can't ask them, yeah. hey, what's my name? Because they know from the memories of the people, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. For anyone ha having a hard time figuring this out, Witcher, the Witcher games, or the Witcher TV series has doppelgangers that actually imitate memories. Yeah, uh, yeah, way cooler than a shapeshifter. But yeah, it's oh. basically the changeling race from D D, but plus a million because they changed the mind as well. Yes, and that's 
big brain yes. move. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, I also awesome. uh, want to say um, this is a more German plus Nordic shared folklore, but the dwarves, which everyone knows about. Yeah. Dwarves They're being... based in Nordic mythology, but because Nordic mythology is somewhat the basis of our German folklore, mm. they are pretty much, depending on when you um, look at folklore, they are intertwined heavily. Mm -hmm. Because it's geographically the same place. Yes. Or the same places, to say. Uh, well, about dwarves, you don't need to talk <clears throat> much. Small folk, beards, living in mountains, grumpy all the time. Crafting the, shit with hammers. The usual stuff, obviously. Um, yeah. Also, and this could be because I'm a huge Witcher nerd, but the Wild Hunt. The Wild Hunt is yeah. also something that comes a lot uh, in German folklore or Slavic folklore, at least, uh, as well. In general, Middle Euro European. Middle European folklore. The Wild Hunt is this... Uh, are these ghostly hunting spirits that are like not of a demonic or angelic presence they are just hunters they hunt the things they want to hunt hunt them down kill them and pull them into somewhere nobody knows where and this image of thousands and thousands of hunters riding on horses through the sky in dark clouds uh, Hunting someone is amazing. Also to be found in the Witcher 3 game, The Wild Hunt. Yeah, because see. All, basically everything mythological from The Witcher is somewhat based on European folklore. Middle European folklore. Because it yes. is from a Polish uh, author. Yes. And, and Andrzej Sapkowski, I think. I don't I can't speak the name. And I'm sorry to yeah. every Polish person listening. <laughs> but Obviously, that's where he drew his most mm -hmm. inspiration from yes. the folklore of the country he was from. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, we also have the Nachtalp or yeah. Night uh, one of my, one of, Yeah, One of my favorites mm. because I love how it conver uh, converts to our today's day society. Yeah, then you talk about it, please. Uh, because uh, the Nachtalp or the Nightmare is um, a creature which haunts you in your dreams. Therefore, the names of uh, are nightmares. If you dream bad, it's a nightmare because, based on folklore, a nightmare haunted your dreams. In Germany, it's called uh, the creature is called Nachtalp, and if you have a bad dream caused by a Nachtalp it's called an Albtraum because Traum is the German word for dream so yeah and mm. I, I just love the connection between the creature and some words that are still used today on a daily basis mm -hmm. and, and this creature again is amazing I think because having a creature that is basically again uh, a very weird because they don't really fight in any way. They just are there. They are again a problem you need to solve somewhat without combat. Uh, they they yep. are spirits that only come at night, uh, creep through like little holes in the walls or in the doors, um, keyholes. Hard to detect. Uh, they are hard to detect. And... They sit on your chest 
until you wake up and if you wake up they are not there anymore and basically uh, it's amazing converting the to lucid dreams that will be some sort of sleep paralysis demon Mm -hmm. that's exactly what a night uh, nightmare or a nachtalp is yes a sleep paralysis demon haunting your dreams and causing nightmares Mm -hmm. okay we should get on because the next thing yeah. what should we uh, what could, what could you adapt from folklore plots for example because i think folklore is meant to be somewhat easy to understand so everyone understands because it folklore is for everyone nobody is too dumb to understand it right so the stories are made simple with them being simple, for example, it's something like um, you can only take the rough basis, like the the plots um, for Rapunzel, yep. uh, saving a princess from a, uh, saving the damsel in distress from a tower. Everyone's done that. Do it again. <laughs> it's fun. Um, yeah. Uh, Rumpel... It's a classic for a reason. Yes, obviously. <laughs> uh, uh, Rumpel Stilskin is also very interesting because you, uh, someone struck a bargain they don't want to keep up with. Break that bargain. Uh, players are Find hired. Play, players are hired by the queen who doesn't want to give away her firstborn child to this demon or to this fake creature. The players need to find a way. What do yep. they do? It's an amazing plot. Uh, you also wanted uh, to say the Pied Piper has uh, uh, amazing story components who you w- would want to adapt. Yeah, because, um, again, being in a town where just here and there, people gone missing. And you have to find out why. That's a false and hydra. who did that? Exa- kind of. Yeah. Mm. There's... Then, yeah. Depending on on how cruel you as a DM are, either they're already dead or are still alive and can be saved. Or even both. Who knows? It's your game. Make it the way mm-hmm. you want to. Like, like, this is the best advice we can give again. Look at something you like from German folklore like we talked about. Like, you've heard something here that you would want to adapt. Take it. It's out there. You can watch. You can, you can look at it. There are Disney movies about these things we talked about. There are uh, translations of the actual stories. It's everything you can find and use it because I think actually you can draw a lot from fairy tales because we again TTRPGs are just us telling fairy tales. It's yep. just us wanting to tell these stories and adding to those fairy tales. Uh, um, I wanted to talk about a very unknown and you could say a new legend fairy tale of Germany, which is uh, the werewolf of Morbach. Morbach mm-hmm. is a little city and there is an air force base from the US, I think. There, I don't actually know. And there were these five soldiers or something that wandered through the forest to the air force base. They came upon a shrine for the uh, Virgin Maria or however uh, it's she is called in English um, yeah. there's a candle and legend says in the village of Moorbach if this candle ever goes out the last werewolf that lives in Germany which is lives in the forest near Moorbach will come out again and be active again this candle keeps him at bay 
those soldiers, uh, thinking this is just some fairy tale, just walk away. The candle goes out, however. And one of those soldiers uh, is had, also has watch duty on in the night. And on the hill, far away, with a full moon, obviously, he sees this big wolf just looking at him for half an hour straight and then running away again. The next day, a child in the village is dead, never to be found again. That is an amazing story you can adapt. Yeah. You have this country. It's 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 a it's a, it's a safe country. Uh, you're in the normal countryside. It's safe. N nobody has heard of monster attacks in the last twenty five years or something. And your players go through this village, and there is this old story that they get told by an old lady or by kids or someone that tell them this candle never is to be blown out because if it blows out, the monsters will become active again, and we need to be careful. Players don't really mind because the country is safe. What monster would come, right? Players yep. go about their day, go into the tavern for the night, and at, in, in the nighttime, one of them wakes up hearing strange sounds. And before they can actually investigate, the sounds are gone again. The next day, a child is, is missing or dead. And this now already becomes a very good story hook. And I think a lot of people have done that before in their stories. It's, it's a very common theme. But it's still amazing. Yeah. And this is... The fairy tales are fairy tales and classics for a reason. Yes, exactly. It's it... Because they use very simple plot ideas and turn them into something amazing. Yes. Which uh, you as a DM with your group usually do as well. Mm -hmm. Yes. And the, that's the thing. Fairy tales are simple. And that is why I think they can't be made into intricate campaign plots because they are so simple they are mostly just let's have this as a one-shot session but they work great as fillers if you as a dm need an extra week of prep for the next big city just let your players walk into a village spend the night there and the next day a child is missing most normal ttrpg groups would want to investigate and if not you can always pay them gold or any other reward they actually want yeah, get you, like it's it's simple, but it works, and it's amazing because yeah. of that simple fact. Um, exactly. So, um, the last point we wanted to talk about very quick is what are some NPCs you could adapt. The first coming to mind is for me Siegfried the, the Dragon Slayer, which is a big German folk hero of. Uh, incredible bravery and strength who has killed a dragon and is an all-round yeah. all hero to the people and this it's is from the Nibelungen's the lead, Nibelung lead. Yeah. it's an amazing it's an amazing NPC you could say you have a hero an old hero that actually in the Nibelungen lead spoiler alert gets killed yeah that is... You could actually use some of his equipment as legendary artifacts. Yes. For example. The Sword of that... the Siegfried. <laughs> yeah, for example. Uh, and one other thing that is a good plot device are Cursed or Hexed Princes. Or Princesses. Yes. Sisses. 
Princesses. In general, cursed nobility is always a good plotline. I wonder how that came. Probably because the stories were told by the peasants. Common folk. Yeah. Okay, you wanted to say common folk. I wanted to say peasants. Yeah. Those people below the nobility. Yeah, I I mean that's the common folk were mostly peasants. Yes. <laughs> Some traders and but in general there were peasants. But in general, so. it, all those amazing. But, but again, all those amazing stories also mostly happened to nobility, like in Snow White, yeah. <clears throat> the prince <clears throat> finds this beautiful wife, not like some farmer or some some lucky boy. It's a prince. Um, uh, in Rumpels, uh, in, in Rumpelstiltskin, in, in Rumpelstiltskin, it's um, the future queen, because which were the daughter of a miller. Which she's the daughter of a miller, but she gets married to the king. Yeah, again, nobility. Um, uh, like there is, like if there is something bad happening, it's mostly either because of nobility or happens to nobility. And if it's a story that ends some, not because nearly every of those stories somewhat end good, um, it's like there's mostly normal folk in the in, in in the in the focus. But if something bad happens, it's either because of nobility or to nobility. Yeah, nobility is always kind of there because those stories were probably always told by the common folk, the peasants, and not by the nobility yeah. themselves. This also exactly. so shows social construct again, which is very important if you want to DM, in my opinion, because you can learn a lot from this. Because if you tell stories to your players as an NPC at a campfire, because where that NPC is standing, the viewpoint of that NPC changes the whole story. Exactly. And you should consider the viewpoint of that NPC when telling the story through him. Yeah. So to summarize, German folklore is gory, weird, messed up, extreme. But I think every folklore somewhat is at some points. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a lot you can learn from folklore for your own TTRPG stories. There's a lot you can draw inspiration for from folklore. And. Yeah, maybe this episode helped you somewhat with German folklore. I think we will do uh, more episodes on other folklore with people that actually know the folklore of that place. Yeah. Like, I want to do Slavic folklore. I want to do Nordic folklore. I want to do... Uh, Mediterranean folklore. Mediterranean folklore. In. I want to do Asian folklore. Oh, yeah. I also want yeah. to find out, because I don't actually know. Please, if you are American, and America has folklore, please send it to me, because I don't know. And I want to find out if there actually is American fairy tales, and if so, what are your favorites? Please send them to me. Yeah, I would love to... Take a we can also make an well. episode on that if there actually is enough folklore that people are actually interested that we could be interested in um, yeah sure because uh, again I, I, I love talking about this because again you can get a lot of inspiration from folklore I think um, everybody 
listening to this already can see it because we are at one hour and 15 minutes already mm. and that is without a guest talking so i think we should close up yes everything. that's what i wanted to do now after i have summarized yeah uh, yeah um we are finished for today this was a great episode in my opinion yeah, it was very this fun. Was a fun one. We could have talked at least for an hour longer, but we want to keep this around one hour, one hour thirty max, so you guys can actually listen to this. Um, yeah, yeah. So um, next episode, we don't have a topic yet. We will probably decide that again on Twitter with a poll. So yeah. um, look through. Uh, so if you want to participate in that poll, please. Follow us on Twitter at Double DM Pod, or follow us on Instagram uh, at Double DM Pod. We have uh, websites and uh, not websites. We have our podcast is uh, listenable to nearly at nearly every podcast website: Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, obviously, Spotify, and all um, the other stuff. Yeah, and just search for Double DM. Um. Yeah. So, uh, this brings us to the end. Yeah. It was great talking to you. It was. It was great talking to you as well. Yeah. It was great uh, to have the people that actually hear this now, that you listen to this whole episode. We thank you so much for this. Yeah, and as you figured, this is a topic very close to our hearts. Mm. That's why we go on and on about it and can't seem to shut up. So. I think now we should do. It was great talking to you about it. And great from you to listen to this. Have a nice day and hear you on the next one. Bye bye. Bye bye.